standby to launch FanStream Sports. Three, two, one. Let's start. Hello, sports fans. Welcome to FanStream Sports. Hello, everybody. Welcome into another edition of From the Rough, America's favorite golf podcast, right here on FanStream Sports. I am live from the FanStream Sports Studios in Dallas, Texas. We have PGA of America member Johnny Gerber live with us from Columbus, Ohio, getting ready for that memorial a little bit early. Hello, Johnny. Hey, what's going on? A little, little nicer weather here than, than expected. I'm kind of sweating a little bit up here. I know you just said, I asked how the weather was down yep. there, and you said it's it's nicer up here than it is down there. So I brought the good weather up here, bud, that's for sure. It was 81 today as I was driving in, had the windows down, the sunroof open, and uh, trying to get the head a little bit tan, you know, through the sunroof. The sun was out. and You, man, were, sneezing nice. a, you were sneezing away with them damn allergies down man, there. I it promise is, you that. It is bad right now. I don't know what to do yeah. with these allergies. It's driving me a little bit crazy for sure. Well, you, it's no better up here. It's You got those things down up here, those cottonwoods like you got down there, and when they start blooming and running around, it's like a snowstorm. Oh, it's terrible, man. Yeah. I, I, had, I had two cottonwoods at my house when I was growing up, when I was a little kid. We had a huge one in the back and a huge one in the front, and, man, that stuff just went everywhere. You know, allergies didn't bother me as a kid, but it was just yeah. – I hated seeing it. Every time I mow the grass, I'm, like, dodging cottonwood man. crap falling down. Yeah, they beat me up. They beat me up. I, I take those damn Claritin like Tic Tacs, man. They're just they're they're brutal. That's brutal on me. But yeah, that's the only thing you can take, isn't it? Yeah, I don't take. A, I can't take a lot of yeah. medicine. That, that's a whole different show. We ain't gonna talk about that. But that's no, a different show. No, uh, something we can talk about, Johnny, is big big win, the year's second major for the PGA Tour this year. Um, and I don't know. <laughs> would you call him a surprise winner? I mean, didn't surprise me. Well, apparently it didn't surprise. Well, it only surprised you because you won. You had him on your card this this I, week, I last sure week. Did. So I know it didn't surprise you. I think you're just trying to bait me a little bit just, just to see. You're so proud of this win. It's amazing. It's a big win so for me. No, it is. It is. And anybody but but that guy winning, I've right. been happy for you. But no, just knowing him and no knowing what type of guy that guy is, I'm not really excited about the win. But I'm happy for you. That's, uh, you know, sometimes every once in a while you flip that coin and it lands on tails. Sometimes when there's only one pickle in the pickle jar, you just got to eat that pickle. That's right. He was the only pickle I had in the pickle jar this week. We'll get into our picks a little bit later. But, uh, man, it's been four years since his last major. uh, And he goes up to Oak Hill Country Club and wins by two strokes over a guy that I thought had a good chance to win and a guy that I never thought in a million years we would see anywhere near the top ten. Scotty Scheffler and Victor Hovland. What in the world got into Victor Hovland up in Rochester over this week? Well, he's kind of been on the brink a little bit too. I mean, he played so well at Augusta, right? And I mean, when you start, you know, when you start the ball striking wise, the guys, the guys top five or top ten in the world in ball right. striking wise. One of the things that really hurts him a lot is is if he gets off a little bit, you know, his chipping's not great. But uh, he hit the ball so well, he didn't have to rely on his chipping that much and. You know, that little crucial shot that he had right there on 16 uh, when he was in the bunker, boy, what a bad mistake that is. And he mm-hmm. actually got lucky. Corey, it happened to Corey Connors, yeah. you know, on Saturday, kind of the same type of deal where they actually really got lucky that the ball didn't plug in the bunker up under the lip and they got it uh, some sort of the grass right. to where they get free relief. So if that ball plugs in the bunker, they get no relief. They, they have to take a penalty. So uh, a little fortunate break there for sure, but – you know, what a bad – I mean, to be honest with you, I said this morning on some shows that I was on, I was like, he's laying up He's laying up with a nine iron. That's just a bad golf shot he hit, really. I mean, yeah. th- th- there's nothing else to say. He hit a bad golf shot. He hit it thin. He boned it right into that lip of that bunker. And like I said, he got, he got fortunate that it didn't stay in the bunker and it got on top of the grass. Uh, Brooks Kepka, your favorite guy on the, on the other tour, right? We've had this conversation over and over again. Uh, I hate that he's playing over there at that other tour because just for reasons like this, you know, uh, he's he's a lot of fun to watch. And man, you talk about the picture of consistency uh, with uh, a, what he had a pair of uh, 66s to get to the top of the field. Shot a 67 on Sunday. Listen to some of these names. These are golfers to win five or more majors before turning 34. Of course, you got Tiger and Jack. You got Seve. 
You got Tom Watson, Gary Player. Wait, who who is the who is the third person you said? Seve. Seve, not Seve. There's not like a hyphen it's, it's on Spanish. top there. No, that's why it's Seve. called Seve. Not that's what Seve. I said. There's not a hyphen in there. I didn't say Seve. Yes, you did. That's Ceviche. No, that's a different deal. Tom Watson, Gary Player, Arnold Palmer, and now Brooks Kepka. You don't like me mentioning his name with some of those other guys. I know you don't like all those other guys. I like the other guys. I like most of the other guys. Way, way better than Brooks. And, you know, we I, I was talking about, um, you know, I firmly believe if, you know, a lot of people kind of watch that full swing documentary, which is great. If, right. if people haven't watched it, people that are listening, if you haven't seen it, it's fantastic. But I firmly believe if he didn't get hurt and he mm-hmm. was kind of out that year or whatever, he was kind of injured battling all through the injuries, I really don't think he would have went to live. I really don't. You know, you're giving all that much money, and he didn't really know how, how much longer he was going to play, right? right so right. taking all that that guaranteed money and then playing when he was ready to play, he had a three-year commitment to what those guys do at live. But, you know, I really firmly believe that if he would if he would have been healthy, he wasn't going to go to live, take that money. And then now you're looking now, there's some controversy uh, you know, about him being second on the Ryder Cup points now and whether he's going to get an automatic bid right. and things like that. But, you know, you look at that type of guy. I really think that that, um, that 75, that last round at the Masters, really served him well going into the final round, you know, yesterday. You know, he, made, I, he, he self-admittingly made some mistakes kind of mentally out there on the golf course getting prepared for Augusta. And he said he wasn't really going to make that mistake again. And it proved positive. And, you know, a little bit that's also is, you know, that was his first major in a long time that he played at Augusta and then not getting used to playing 72 whole events, playing mm-hmm. those, playing those 54 whole events and live kind of hurt him at Augusta. And like I said, I think without that round, that 75, the last round Augusta, I firmly don't believe he had won. He had won yesterday at the PGA championship. Yeah, it was it was funny when he uh, did that interview. I think it was with Amanda Renner and CBS Sports. He was talking about you know, he, and he didn't really clarify what he was talking about. It was a little bit cryptic. Uh, I think he was doing, that's, that's him in general. Yeah, yeah, that's he was doing that on purpose for sure. But yeah, he said, I you know, I made mistakes. He goes, and I'm not going to make those same mistakes again. Uh, yeah. And and Trevor Immelman uh, and Jim Nance were talking about it, and you know, saying that. Uh, Trevor was right on. He said he's talking about mentally. He, he said he's yep. not talking about anything physical with his swing or, or his game. He's 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 talking about mental toughness is what he's talking about. And, he, I mean, he was right on. But, yeah. man, uh, I mean, he missed close to three years. Really. He didn't miss, but he had that, he was dealing with that knee injury for almost three full years, and it affected yeah. his game. I know to the point that I'm sure he was doubting his future in, in golf, period, you know, much less the PGA Tour. And then Liv came along. And like you said, without that knee injury and him kind of questioning things, he took the money because yep. he just didn't know. You know, you wonder if something like this now, the way he's played now that he's healthy, you wonder if that may persuade him to just come back to the other tour. Well, he's got a three-year commitment, so right. there's not much. And, and certainly, you know, these guys don't like to give money back, so they're, they're definitely not doing that. And the only way that maybe he would kind of sit back there if, if LIV or live you know, went bankrupt or whatever they're going to do, but I don't think that's happening either. But, you know, you start, like I said, I, I really think that's the case. And, you know, he's not one of these guys that's going to play golf forever. He's a bit like DJ also, you know, and taking that money and everybody's contract with Liv was a little bit different. And I'm, I think all the money for Brooks was guaranteed. Uh, he, he doesn't balance that out from his winnings. Like a few of those other guys do. DJ's kind of in that same boat, but you know, I don't know. I mean, you know, in in if it was my my in my perspective, if that if that was me, I'd, I'd probably have a hard time doing that too. With so much uncertainty on my health and knowing that, you know, if I really do do this, I'm maybe going to play four or five more years anyways. And you know, this kind of gives me a big security blanket for the rest of my life. Uh, and going down some lists here, uh, he is the was he the fifth player to win as many PGAs and at least. Two U.S. Opens alongside Tiger Woods, Gene Sarazen, Jack Nicholas, and Walter Hagen. He's the 20th in history with at least five majors to his name. And going down, we kind of talked about this a little bit. Uh, so I can find it. Uh, the majors list. Uh, God, I just had. Oh, here we go. Um, of course, Jack at the top. Nobody will ever catch Jack. I, I still don't think with 18. Tiger's at 15. He doesn't have another one in him. 
He was stuck yeah. on 14 for a long time and got lucky at the Masters. Uh, what was that, 2019? Yeah. Um, Walter Hagen, you know, a guy that played 100 years ago and, and more with 11. Ben Hogan. Man, I didn't realize Ben Hogan won his nine majors, and this is impressive, over the course of like seven years. Yeah. <laughs> he won, won nine majors in seven years. Uh, yeah. I didn't realize Gary Player had nine uh, yeah. to his name. Tom Watson with eight. I uh, got some old schoolers here. Uh, Bobby Jones, Gene Sarazen, Sam Snead, Arnold Palmer with seven each. Trevino and Faldo and Mickelson have six. And now you've got the boys with five and throw Brooks Kepke in there, uh, including Byron Nelson um, and some other guys that played over 100 years ago. But, uh, you know, I, I'm impressed – at his game, watching him play a little bit this weekend, because, I, again, I don't get to watch him from week to week. I'm impressed at the way he's playing now, and it looks like he's he's fully recovered from that knee injury. But, I mean, I'm impressed because I watched him play when he was hurt a little bit, you know, when he was still on the tour. And I, I kind of thought he was done. You know, I didn't think there was any way he was coming back from that, you know, maybe a little bit of from what we're dealing with with Tiger. But, um, you know, I don't know what the injury was. But, you know, whatever it, is, whatever it was, he's fully recovered now, and his, his game is impressive. Yeah, and I was more concerned, and, and he's kind of battling back, and he'll tell you the same thing. You know, those type of injuries with the knee, just because of the wear and tear and how forcefully he swings the golf club, there's always going to be wear and tear. So I don't think he's ever going to be, you know, fully, fully 100% recovered from that. Right. But it's certainly better to where he can play and kind of manage it a little bit. But I'm more impressed with him. Uh, him coming back mentally more so than anything else and physically. I mean, the guy's an athlete. You know, he's a big, strong athlete. And for him to come back mentally, and he, like I said, he said something about that on full swing, was, you know, I struggle with more mentally than anything else. And, you know, he said, I can battle the, 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 the physical part. That's just work. But, you know, battling the mental part to get back, because uh, I don't really know. Mm-hmm. And the unknowns really kind of question him, man. So a lot of these golfers are kind of the same way. They're, they're, they struggle mentally more than they do physically. But once – here's what – you know, he's one. He's always been one of the best drivers of the golf ball when you combine the length and the distance. And I knew – I knew once he got in contention there, as good as he was driving the golf ball in the, in the after the third round, you know, I knew someone would really have to catch him. And here's, here's kind of the part that really helped him a lot. There wasn't a 65-64 out there that somebody could way back in the pack right. could really go catch him. That golf course just didn't lend those types of scores, and it didn't lend those scores all week. So that being said, you know, he would really had to have shot, you know, three or four over par. And the way he was driving the golf ball, I didn't really see any – I didn't really see he was going to do that. Uh, to show kind of how far he fell and to what he's come back from, he had seven top ten finishes across 13 majors since the 2019 PGA victory. Uh, when he was injured, he finished no better than 55th with two missed cuts in last year's four majors. And then so he started 2023 now that he's fully healed, apparently. Two uh, top two finishes, of course, at the Masters and then the win at the PGA. So to fall that far from where he was, you know, I, to me it's just a, it's astonishing that he was able to do that. And like you said, a lot of that's just as much mental as it is physical with his physical ailment that he had. Right. And, then, you know, on top of that, him, you know, having a little bit, uh, uh, you know, having a little bit of leeway there with um, with uh, him having a baby. Right. So there may be a little bit of added kind of relief and things like that. It's kind of amazing a little bit how some of these guys that, you know, they're playing when they start playing a little bit more, you know, for other people and their family or having a newborn. You know, Jordan Spieth was a bit that way. You see how well he right. played when he knew he was having a baby. So he some some of the priorities potentially kind of let let Kepka breathe a little bit as opposed to just grinding the eyeballs off of it from there. Uh, you know, and, and again, his Sunday I think was his most impressive. You've got uh, Victor Hovland on your heels. You've got Scotty Scheffler, especially with Scotty Scheffler. I don't think anybody's afraid of Victor Hovland coming back on you, but. <laughs> That's a nice way to say it. That, that was, that was, that's a good way to say it. Well, we, you know, to be honest with you, we knew Scotty was going to make a run after right. how poorly he played on Saturday. We knew he was going to make, and he did make a run. He did, but he just couldn't catch up, man. Like I said, that that golf course, that golf course didn't lend those scores. And you know, we talked about that last last Wednesday on the show. I was really happy 
that the golf course was the story, yeah. not the weather and things like that. And the, you know, the golf course was the real winner this mm-hmm. week on top of Kepka. And, um, you know, man, I love the way they played it. I loved how they set it up. Uh, you know, if you drove the ball poorly, you were going to shoot poor scores. Or are you going to be chipping out the whole time? Um, you know, and like I said, if you go back and I'm going to do that tonight, and I think we're going to read write a few articles for sports illustrated mm-hmm. this week and kind of recap, especially with the, you know, Michael Block, they're, they're uh, yeah. uh, you know, the PGA, playing the PGA Club Pro there. But I really liked the way that how it was kind of set up. And I'll go back and look at those stats, and I promise you Kepka was either one or two in in driving stats, and that's what sure. you really needed, and that's what we talked about. You got to drive the ball well there, and he, and he did. Uh, let's see. He hit uh, consecutive 466s is what we talked about um, and then added the 67 on Sunday. He had um, – uh, kick-started Sunday with three consecutive birdies on holes two through four. Uh, it, then he had a three-stroke lead, but then he kind of hit a speed bump uh, on the uh, sixth as his tee shot found that penalty area. I, I don't know what he was doing there, um, but he dropped I just – go ahead. It's, a hard, it's the hardest hole in championship golf. It's yeah. going to come to prove how it's played. I mean, he just made a – I mean, you're looking at that hole, five, played at 510 yards, water down the right. And you got a green that you're going to try to hit into with that that has humps and bumps on it, and you try to hit a five iron in there. So, uh, yeah, he he just he just made a bad golf swing, but it didn't really cost him. Uh, and I saw some stats here. I was trying to find, but of course I've lost them now. Stupid internet. Uh, so then, um, you know, again he got he he had a little bit of pressure from Hovland and from Scheffler, but. I, I don't think it was anything serious, and I don't think he was even looking back at him, I, I mean, at all. I, I think he had this, again, the mental toughness coming back into it. Uh, I think that he, he knew he had it, and he was he played like he, you know, confidently. He stayed aggressive. He wasn't playing to not lose, which is and what, what he, he did in Augusta. Yeah, like which I is said, that's what, yeah, which is what he, the way he described his game at Augusta, he, he started to play not to lose rather than just playing his game and playing to win. And, uh, I mean, so there's no question now, you know, Put Brooks Kepka wherever you want in the in the you know list of greatest golfers ever, you know from from a whole you know I don't know he's we we just discussed it he's thirty three years old he just turned thirty three this month, but you certainly have to put him on the short list of the greatest major champions right. I mean, he's certainly well, – well, I don't know if he's going to be the greatest, but he's certainly a Hall of Famer. When you rack up that many majors, uh, he's cer- he's certainly a Hall of Famer. I guess there's Colby. Yeah, Colby's here. Everybody right, wave at Colby. Yeah, we, we get him in the background every time. <laughs> every every week. <laughs> Makes his appearance every week. <laughs> but, um, yeah, he's certainly a Hall of Famer. Now, Some you know, on the list of the greatest major winners, I don't know. I think there's a lot lot more golf that he needs to prove to me, in my opinion, to say that. But certainly, he's certainly a Hall of Famer. Sure. Well, I mean, I you know, again, I put him where you want on the list of greatest golfers, period. But, I mean, with five majors at 33 – Again, I, th- I think he's – I mean, we read off the names that have done that, and those guys are all Hall of Famers, and they're all considered to be some of the greatest golfers, major winners. So, um, you know, whatever your little yip with, is with Brooks Kepka, you got to give him his due. Yeah, for sure. I mean, listen, I, golf golf itself, I'm going to give him his – I'm going to give him his accolades, right? When he, when he On the golf course, i got no problem with what he does. That's just part of it. But I'm more so the off, uh, off the golf course and the stuff he does, and that's just me. Listen, there, there's guys that – that like that love Brooks kept and there's guys that just don't and, and I just didn't make it up I got some past interactions with him yeah, yeah uh you know a long time ago but you know that obviously you grow up these days and things like that but yeah I don't know I mean like I said I, the 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 beers weren't flowing when he made a birdie on my side of the table let's just say that so I was I was more concerned on how how Scotty would make a move you know and it's funny it came down to those three it would have been cool I, I Again, my, my stance on Scotty Scheffler these days is well-documented on this show and, and elsewhere. But, uh, I, I mean, it, it, if, if it was between the three of them, Scheffler would have been my third choice. Yeah. Uh, of course, you know how I feel about Brooksy. Me and him are Srixon brothers. Not to be confused with Scissor brothers. Uh, and then, uh, you know, Victor Hovland, it'd be nice to see him get one and get his first, you know, under his belt. I like Victor Hovland, but yeah. I just, I, you know, again – He's still young, you know. I I think his will come later uh, with a little bit more experience. But uh, yeah, out of the guys that were in contention, my guy won. And I mean, of course, 
like you said, he was on my card to win it, so I had to pull for him. Yeah, I, I'm it. sure you – let me write that down because you're probably going to say it ten more times At before least. the show's over. I'm, I'm sure, you know – but um, no, I'm, that's good. I'm glad he. I'm glad he won for you, but I'm not glad he won in general. There you go. Yeah. There we go. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's take a quick break here, and then we're going to come back and talk about some of the other rands, uh, also rands here that uh, didn't quite make the cut, didn't quite uh, get their name in contention there at the top of the leaderboard, and get Johnny's opinion on maybe why some of this stuff happened. And then to finish the show, we'll get into our picks. Uh, and then talk a little bit about uh, if we have time. Maybe I've got some Ricky Fowler thoughts that if we have time, we're going to get into those. If not, I may just do a separate podcast on Ricky Fowler because I've got some hot sports opinions on him. But we are from the rough right here on Fan Stream Sports, and we'll be back after this. Hello, sports fans. Fan Stream Sports. Hey, you like golf? There's a good chance you do because I said so. But what do you need playing golf? Well, you need clubs. Right, clubs, you need balls. The thing that people don't usually think about is that golf bag. And that's what most people see when they look at your golf clubs. Like, right off the bat. And if you've got a raggedy bag, eh, it's not doing you any favors, bud. So, get you a new bag. Go over to orca-golf.com. Orca-golf.com. Why are you going there? You're going there because you, you want a golf bag. But you want one that kind of screams you. So, you want to pick the colors. Well, you can use your own custom colors. Maybe you have a logo in mind. Maybe it's your logo. You're like Prince. You just have a symbol. That's the case? Dude, you can get your logo on there. Your name... Just get it done exactly like what you want it done by actual designers. Nothing goes out of their factory without the approval of the founder, Erica Bennett, who is just brilliant. We've seen some of her bags. We've got one of them actually in the studio. And you know what? Dude, it looks good. If you want other people to look at your golf setup and go, man, that just screams Frank. You want that? Then go over to orca-golf.com. Do yourself a favor and use the promo code DSP10 for 10% off and free shipping. I'll say that again, DSP10 for 10% off and free shipping. So do it today because Orca Golf is the best choice in the game. Hi, golfers. IndyCar Tim here. I want to talk to you a little bit about Golf Central Magazine. It's not just a golf magazine. It's the magazine for everything. Turf, travel, philanthropy, and lifestyle. Head over to GolfCentralMag.com and check out the latest issue. Some of the regular features in Golf Central Magazine. The Golf Bachelorette of the Month. The Golf Bachelor of the Month. The Golf Cart Girl of the Month. Golf History. Grip it and sip it. So head over to GolfCentralMag.com. It's free. It's the magazine for everything. Turf, travel, philanthropy and lifestyle golf central magazine at golfcentralmag.com we'll see you there all right guys time to talk a little bit about turf life you've seen the hats on our heads you've been or seen the video of the studio you've seen that the decals are all over the place turf life man it's the brand that salutes the consumer and industry players everywhere whose lives involve turf what does that mean it means if you play or have a business or you know maybe you're a sports educator you're going to be on turf at some point so you live the turf life so go ahead and tell everybody you live the turf life by having your turf life window decal or you know the hat or the keychain or the something Along that lines, just go to TurfLifeClub.com and become a turf head. That's what it's called when you live the turf life. You're now a turf head. And you can go join the club today and snag that window decal or snag any other special turf life accessories and go over there to that website, which is TurfLifeClub.com, and get your stuff and show everybody that, man, I'm all about that turf life. And then you just kind of raise your coffee mug at them and go, yeah, turf life, baby. That's what it's about. And then that's the end of the commercial. Ding. That means it's done in microwave talk. Hey, listeners, make sure you check out the brand new Fan Stream Sports in-studio text line. You can reach us during any of our live shows or 24-7 at 214-937-0569. That's 214-937-0569. Text us 24-7 day or night, and we'll reply to you and make you part of the show. Coming back at you now. More fan stream sports. Welcome back to From the Rough right here on Fan Stream Sports. Talking PGA Championship. Talking uh, Brooks Kepka. How great really is he? How great will he be at the end of the day? 
I'm IndyCar Tim. That is Donnie the Gerb Man, Gerber, Gonnie Gerber. What are all the nicknames that we have for you? I don't even remember. Too many. Too, can we just stick to one, please? There's a well. What? Which one would you prefer? Well, you know, I can't make my own nickname. That's kind of arrogant. So we get to pick what it is. No, I didn't say that either. I like other guys. <laughs> I mean, you know. Oh boy. I make one mistake. You know, it's just yeah, I make one mistake on the air and all you do is just rub it. Wait, in. why was why was it a mistake? Is that not how because you really I, feel? No, not really, but oh. it's called gambling. It's gambling. All right. Well, I mean, it sounds pretty confident to me. I like other guys. I mean, you are there's no hesitation. <laughs> You're right there with us. Anyway. It's, it's alongside one of these. I could hit really? it like Jesus. That is true. I could. <laughs> you could. Not anymore though. Yeah. Um, I had I had a funny discussion that we were sitting at um, at my country club this weekend here in Columbus at York, and oh, we were da. talking about we were talking about, and I was sitting there with Mills, believe it or not. Where's Mills? And, oh, Mills is I brought him. You know, I brought him back that eight oh five beer, and he's he's, oh, yeah. he's he's been getting drunk every day off that eight oh five beer. And I said, you better wait. I'm not going back down to Dallas for a while, so you better yeah. save some of that. But they had this debate. Of what a uh, of what a ten handicap would shoot at that golf course? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember this. The, and they talked about this there, on TV too. Th- there were some guys. There were some guys saying, "Oh, you know, a, t- a ten. I even go back further. Further, a scratch player, a, a, a scratch handicap that normally at your golf course would shoot even par, whatever. They wouldn't break ninety right. on this golf course." They wouldn't break, and this whole debate is like, oh, I could shoot this, and I, I just was like, first off, I've seen you play golf. You can't do that shit here, let alone somewhere else. It's playing seventy four yard, seventy four hundred yards, and rough five inches thick, and running thirteen. You can't, you can't Man, do that, it. That rough looked looked horrendous. I got I to mean, the point I had to quit the conversation. I said, you guys, you got making you, you mad, wasn't it? You got to shut it down because you're not, you can't. I've seen you. I've seen you play golf. Trust me, you're not that good at all. You're well, not even good here. What would Mills have shot on that course? Oh, he'd quit. <laughs> he wouldn't have made it all the way through, would he? It, well, he almost. So we played. I took him out to Murfield year before last, and I tried to take him out every year, but he won't go out there anymore anymore because it's too hard for him. It's yeah. too difficult. Yeah. And Mills is an 18 handicap, and he plays through his handicap well, and he didn't break. So basically, he would shoot ninety on a normal golf course, normal right, right. Nor- normal condition, not rough. And we went to Murfield, and it was only sixty for him. It's like sixty five, four hundred yards. Mm-hmm. Rough wasn't that thick, and he didn't break one fifteen mm-hmm. at Murfield. And it's way easier than this place, right? So you know, all the listeners and all the viewers out there that think you are, if you're a ten handicap, eighteen handicap, whatever you are. You're about 30 shots off of your expectations, what you would really shoot at Oak Hill. Trust me. Yeah. Trust well, me. and Muirfield, when you when you guys played it, wasn't set up for the tournament no. either. It was just it's normal uh, set up for the normal the members out there playing, right? I mean, I'm sure yeah. it's, it's set up differently when the tour comes to town. Yeah, yeah. And like I said, a scratch player at Oak Hill, a scratch player wouldn't break 90 at Oak Hill. And see, and this is a this this is the type of tournament I love. A nine under, didn't even get to double digits. Nine under won the tournament. Guy struggled. You had the the cut at what was it five over? The cut should always be over par. It should no. always be over par. You know, at, especially I, at a major. And we talked about this last week. That place they set that place up more like a U.S. Open mm-hmm. than they did at PGA, which is great. That's fantastic. And we said it would surprise the hell out of us if anyone got close to ten under par. Uh, and, and Kepka did get it to ten at at because he bogeyed. Uh, he got he had ten going through seventeen, and then he bogeyed seventeen. But I didn't think anyway anywhere near ten under par win. We what did we say last week? Seven eight under. I think I did yeah. some pulls, and I I had it around eight under, and that just goes to show how how good he was driving the golf ball. Yeah, you and Chris Culler both were at like six seven eight eight under, I believe. Is yeah. what y'all were saying on the preview show last week on yeah. Wednesday, but. Uh, Get back into Victor Hovland a little bit at seven under, tied for second. He was kind of right there for a little while with Brooks. This will be now the third straight major that he's sort of been right there with a chance to win at the end, which I love for him. I love for him, and I think at some point he's, he is going to break through and get one of these. It wasn't yeah, it wasn't going to be at this weekend uh, at all with, with, with Brooks out in front like that. He had birdie conversions on 13 and 14 to keep his one-stroke deficit. 
But then Victor Hovland pulled a Victor Hovland uh, with that uh, shot into the bunker on on 16 that embedded into the lip, and that led him to a double bogey, and he was pretty much done yeah. at that point. Uh, he had no chance. Um, but, uh, you know, and then Kepka just kept playing like Brooks Kepka did this weekend, and, and Hovland had no chance whatsoever. And now for Scotty, we haven't talked about Scotty so much, but uh, – you know, he what he shoot a seventy three, right? On was it Saturday? Saturday, yeah, he shot seventy three, um, and that sort of did him in. I mean, he had a typical Scotty Sunday, but he couldn't reco- recover from that seventy three the way Brooks was playing. And look what look what he did last week when we were there covering the AT and T that Saturday round that he shot seventy one, which was even par there for that golf course. That's like shooting way over par yeah, for him. Yeah. So it looks like come, maybe some of those that Saturday moving days for him kind of a little bit of his bugaboo when it comes to that. And, he, you know, he's a great front runner. You know, all of his tournament wins, and we, like I said, we talked about that last week too, is all of his tournament wins were uh, – he's way far ahead. Look at his Masters win when he won the Masters. You know, he had a – going into Sunday, he had a four, three or four or five-shot lead and kept pushing, pushing. Uh, but he has the firepower to catch up. But just on that golf course – I mean, he, he shot 66 or 67, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he had one of the, he had tied for the best round of the final round there, and he just like I said, he just couldn't catch up. And there's just not, you know, there's not seven eight birdies out there on that golf course. There's not, and especially when you only have two par fives, you know, that eliminates two opportunities and, and eight opportunities for some of those guys through the course of the tournament, um, you know, throughout the week. Uh, tied for fourth, you had at uh, three under Bryson, Kurt Kitayama, and Cam Davis. Uh, and I don't know, we haven't really talked about him in a while because he's over at that Live Golf. But, uh, you know, your thoughts on Bryson, I know they're not quite what, what you think about Brooks. But I think golf's better when, when Bryson's playing well and when he's on the tour. And I thought he played well. I mean, good enough for a, you know, T4, um, along with Kurt Kitayama and, and Cam Davis. None of these guys really were able to, to make a charge to get within contention. Um, as you know, nobody really was, if, if Scotty wasn't going to do it, nobody else was going to do it on Sunday. But, uh, I mean, I thought Bryson played well and it shows me the reason why I miss him on the tour. Yeah. I like the way he played. I, I've kind of, I've kind of warmed up to Bryson a little bit, just my time there in Dallas, right. having some really good interactions with him. I've kind of warmed up, but yeah, I like the way I, he, he looks good. He's swinging at it good. He looks like he's leaned out a little bit, which is great. I think that trial and error with his body changing, it's taking a little bit too much toll on his body. But, you know, when he won his U.S. Open uh, there at uh, – uh, where was the U.S. Open that he won? Not Marion, but uh, same type of golf course, same type of area. He, he 2020, he took, right? Yeah. When he won he took the He took the same type of uh, – he took the same type of um, – uh, I'm trying to think of the name of that golf course. Uh, Wingfoot. When he won at Wingfoot – he took the it's a very yes. similar type of golf course very very similar and he took the same type of attitude he was going to hit it down there he knew the rough was far you know rough was thick he was going to take cut some of those dog legs he just didn't drive it nearly as well as he did when he won at wingfoot uh i liked the really way he played i just think that he just he just couldn't get it done and and not to make an excuse not to say anything i think that again i think that live playing those 54 hold relaxed events kind of hurt Bryson because this is the first time well I mean you got to realize he didn't uh, he didn't play Augusta because he wasn't qualified for Augusta or did he play Augusta Uh, I don't think so I don't uh, I mean he well whether he did or didn't right he he was a non-factor at Augusta but I just think I just think that hurting coming through the weekend when you're not so mentally tough and tested for so long, not playing 72 whole events he missed the cut he missed the cut at Augusta this year yeah again there we go there we go. So I think I think if anybody and he's a little mental mentally kind of kind of weird off anyways when it comes to stuff like that. So some of those things really if I don't mean that in a bad way. I'm yeah, just yeah, saying yeah. some of those things can affect him a little bit different than it affects other people. And I think that's I think that kind of hurting this week because he played well the first couple rounds. He did. He did. Uh, T seven. You had Rory McIlroy and Sepp Straka at two under. Uh, man, I thought McElroy just God, he, talk about an, an inconsistent up and down weekend for him, and the fact that he was able to come back and get in the top ten to me is almost amazing. Yeah, his first couple of rounds hurt him. He was batting a little bit of a, 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 a 
a flu mm-hmm. or an allergy issue the first couple rounds, and you could kind of sell, you could kind of tell. And in that rain and the the weather, the the second day didn't really help him, and even the third day didn't really help him. But um, it was I, overall, I thought it was a really good performance from Rory. I thought he drove the ball pretty good. He's got to drive it a little bit better if he's going to be in contention when it comes to that. Uh, but I, I wasn't too disappointed with Rory. We didn't have him on our card, but just because of his past performances. So it's now been, what, nine years since his last major? Yeah. The 2014 uh, PGA, right? It was the last time he won a major? Yeah. Yep. And you just, I mean, it makes you wonder, does he have another one even in him? You know? I mean, I you have to question that. Whether it's a mental thing or a physical thing, he's getting older, he's not getting any younger. Yeah, and his life's changing too, right? He's probably going to have a couple more kids. And, Gross. You know, I, th- I think it – you know, with the, the policy board and what he's doing, mm-hmm. being the kind of the head of the PGA Tour and being on the forefront with the, the, the guys on live kind of took away from his golf a little bit over the last couple months. But I think he's kind of maybe past that a little bit. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he has – I wouldn't be surprised if he plays well either at the U.S. Open or, or the British Open. Uh, T9, you got Patrick Cantlay, Cameron Smith, and Justin Rose all finished at one under. Uh, it's going to go down as Cantlay's fourth straight top 15 finish in a major. Um, but I feel like Cantlay's better than that. I don't know about you. Um, That's I, the I, all animal team right there, right? You got the, you mm-hmm. got the, you got the rat, you got the weasel and you got the gazelle, <laughs> right? Those, the, those guys. I like that. Uh, which, yeah. wait, which one's which? Well, Cantley is certainly the, the weasel, right? For Cameron sure. Smith is the rat. I okay. mean, there's obvious reason. And Justin Rose is the gazelle, the tall, lean guy that's 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 fast and thinks too much. All right. And man, he does overthink things, doesn't he? It's he almost does. painfully wa- it's almost painful to watch him play around. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I like Justin Rose. I, I, I do too. I'm a Justin Rose fan. And it's good to see him playing well. He's been in some pretty good form this year. He's played he's played pretty solid, especially he played played pretty solid at mm-hmm. Augusta. Mm-hmm. So I got no problem with Justin Rose. And, you know, and he won this year at AT&T in some pretty tough weather. So, you know, it didn't really surprise me when the when the weather got rough that he played well. And he likes – when he had his, his U.S. Open win, he did he did win at Marion. Mm-hmm. And it was – like I said, it's a very similar type of golf course, and they had some very t- uh, similar weather. Now, Marion, I think he was like even par, or one under, or one over when he won. Uh, so, you know, it, when it comes to that and not having to shoot 25 under par – you know, Justin Rose has a tendency to be in the mix a lot. Uh, Cantley ranked second at the end of the tournament in strokes gained off the tee. The weasel. The weasel. Uh, so that tells you shows you how bad his short game was. Uh, the fact that he finished it just one under. He's going to um, win the U.S. Open, though. I, I hate to say it. You think so? Yeah. Uh, T fifteen at one over. Yeah, Terrell Hatton, one of my favorite players on the tour right now. And the non-tour player, the story really of the weekend, other than Brooks, Michael Block. Um, yeah, he's just yeah, a t- he's a club pro, right? Yeah, he's a club pro out in California. Uh, you know, the guy's been a good player for a long time. We actually played the same tournament in Mexico in the fall. Uh, you know, he, he's he's one of those handful of guys that really can can play. I kind of a local guy here, Bob Sowers, kind of fits that category. That you know, they have really good jobs and really good uh, support from their club that allows them to kind of go out and stay competitive, which is great. I think that's a good opportunity. I think there's still a place in the game for the club pros to be able to do that. But you know, this guy's been a, you know, this is his fifth PGA. He's played in two U.S. Opens. Um, you know, he plays with a lot of those tour, tour guys in Southern California. So he's never really, he wasn't really scared of the moment and, you know, don't let him BS you saying, Oh man, I hit a bucket of balls a week. Cause we, the guys who know, know yeah. that's not true. Right. So he's not, you know, I know you got to say that for a few reasons MB, but, uh, you're not, you're not kidding me, but you no know, long story short, he's a good guy. Good things come to that guy. And what I really liked about him was what you saw on TV was pretty genuine. I mean, sure. that's really the type of guy he is, and he's kind of laid back. And, you know, man, he loves his family, he loves his golf, and he likes to play golf and go drink a few beers and, you know, things like that. So good for him. It, you know, that T15 give, has given him a lot of playing opportunities. If you see, they invited him to play the Colonial this week, which is great. And also in a few weeks uh, in the Canadian Open, mm-hmm. uh, he got that invite. And also he gets in the the, the – PGA Championship for next year, 
without having to go on through the big club pro professional championship. So is that by virtue? Is that by virtue of a top 15 finish? Yeah. 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 And then, you know, I think he made $290,000 and, uh, you know, on top of that, which is a great bonus, but some of those perks that he received by doing that. And that's the first, that's the highest finish by a PJ club pro in something like 60 years. So, um, you know, good on him. 290,000. You got to give a whole hell of a lot of golf lessons to catch up with that $290,000. So that's a drop in the uh, bucket for you. You know, uh, yeah, well, yeah, we'll see, but yeah, good, good for him. It's a great story. And, you know, he kind of, you know, he almost took the spotlight away from Brooks a little bit, a little you bit. Know, when, it, when it comes to that. And, you know, obviously that hole in one that he made on Sunday was pretty cool. And some of the reaction from, um, from from Rory was really cool, but don't be surprised. Don't be surprised. I know he says it that he doesn't really want to travel and play and stuff like that. But you know, sometimes if you're playing well, don't be surprised if he has a little bit more. Now, now what most people don't know is he's only allowed to play uh, five tour events. Okay. Uh, so without with because of his he doesn't have status, right? right. So you can accept five exemptions a year. So um, you know maybe in the next 12 months, look for him to play a few more tour events. I know through the, through the section, Southern California section in the player of the year, which he is, I know he gets in Tory every once in a while and then he'll go play American express. And I think he shot 64 the first round of American express this year. Oh, wow. So, um, you know, obviously he's a guy, he's a good player and he represents the 28,000 PGA of America professionals very well. Um, so good, good for him. Hopefully get more good things coming on the playing side for Michael Bach. Yeah, and something that I thought was interesting is, you know, you, you referenced that uh, hole-in-one that he had on Sunday there on number 15. <clears throat> I didn't even think that was the highlight of his round even because he had that huge up and down on 18. 17 and, eight, 17 and 18. Yeah, both of them, especially at 18, though. Uh, that, I mean, because that up and down is what gave him, if that, you know, the, the top 15 finish, if that's what gave him the uh, – entry into next year at Valhalla, then, I mean, that that was huge, you know, for him. So, and it was impressive. I like the way he just, you know, he, he's not scared. He wasn't scared of the moment, right? And he didn't yeah. really, he never really looked like he was nervous. He's, like I said, he's been there before. I mean, the guy's probably played 20, 25 tour events. And obviously this was his seventh major. He's actually got through the sectional qualifying uh, for the U.S. Open. So potentially he could be playing in the U.S. Open also if he gets through the 36-hole sectionals. So uh, he's 47 years old. I hope I, I need him to stay young for about three or four more years because once he hits that senior kind of club pro level, he's gonna he's gonna continue to beat up on a lot of boys. Uh, we got a comment here on Facebook. Ricky Fowler is the best non-winner ever. He has a perfect position, millions in endorsements. Kids love him, and no pressure. Well, I don't know about the no pressure part. Um, oh, it's his internal pressure, right? Yeah, I'm not so yeah. sure, but uh, that comment's not wrong. I mean, he's yeah. it, that's pretty well said. Uh, non-major winner, right? He did win sure. a Players Championship, yeah. which is good. But you know, Ricky does great things for the game, and you know, we're, uh, I don't know why you're not a Ricky fan. You're just a I love Ricky Fowler. Oh, I thought you were making a comment that you don't like him. No, I love Ricky Fowler. You know, I like oh, okay. Ricky. Ricky's one of my okay. guys. Okay, him and Max Homa. I love those boys. Ricky's yeah, fun. Rick, Ricky's fun on social media too. He is. Is he friends with you on social media? He is. He follow, we follow each other on, on Twitter. I, got a lot I know, of you, guys talk, that I know you talk to Max Homa all the time. Yeah, I know. I told him I was pissed off because he wasn't in, uh, wasn't in McKinney yeah. for, at, at uh, Craig Ranch because I was like, man, I finally made it out here to one of these things, and I'm covering it. I'm going to have media access. And he's like, yeah, I'm not there. I was he's like, I know playing. you're not. That's the reason I'm talking to you. He's probably not playing Colonial this week either, uh, is no, he? No, no, I don't think he is. Yeah. It's too far for well, him to go. Well, good out there, and he probably he probably said, "I like that bald head dude from Dallas." Yeah, that big bearded guy. That's in Waterbed's voice. <laughs> yeah, it was <laughs> Waterbed. Uh, let's take another quick break. Last one of the show here. Then we're going to get back. We're going to go over our, our picks. I said we're going to go over my picks. There you go. And I guess we'll so, go over. So, well, should I should I sit out next segment? I mean, we'll just we'll go over Johnny's a little bit too for sure. But uh, we are from the rough right here on Fanstream Sports. We'll be back after this. <laughs> Hello, sports fans. Fan Stream Sports. Hi, golfers. IndyCar Tim here. I want to talk to you a little bit about Golf Central Magazine. It's not just a golf magazine. It's the magazine for everything. Turf, travel, philanthropy, and lifestyle. 
head over to GolfCentralMag.com and check out the latest issue, some of the regular features in Golf Central Magazine, the Golf Bachelorette of the Month, the Golf Bachelor of the Month, the Golf Cart Girl of the Month, Golf History, Grip It and Sip It. So head over to GolfCentralMag.com. It's free. It's the magazine for everything, turf, travel, philanthropy, and lifestyle. Golf Central Magazine at GolfCentralMag.com. We'll see you there. All right, guys, time to talk a little bit about turf life. You've seen the hats on our heads. You've been or seen the video of the studio. You've seen that the decals are all over the place. Turf life. Man, it's the brand that salutes the consumer and industry players everywhere whose lives involve turf. What does that mean? That means if you play or have a business or, you know, maybe you're a sports educator, you're going to be on turf at some point. So you live the turf life. So go ahead and tell everybody you live the turf life by having your turf life window decal or, you know, the hat or the keychain or the something. Along that lines, just go to turflifeclub.com and become a turf head. That's what it's called when you live the turf life. You're now a turf head. And you can go join the club today and snag that window decal or snag any other special turf life accessories and go over there to that website, which is turflifeclub.com, and get your stuff and show everybody that, man, I'm all about that turf life. And then you just kind of raise your coffee mug at them and go, yeah, turf life, baby. That's what it's about. And then that's the end of the commercial. Ding. That means it's done in microwave talk. Hello, golf friends. It's IndyCar Tim from From the Rough. I want to take just a minute here and tell you about our new friends over at Orca Golf. They make high-quality PGA Tour-grade golf bags, and they're the best in the business. They're the real deal. They're the best bags I've ever seen. They even designed a bag for the Golden Bear himself, Jack Nicklaus. Head over to orca-golf.com and pick up a great bag from their catalog or let them customize one just for you. You can use your own custom colors, your own logo, you name it. You work with actual designers, and nothing goes out without the approval of founder Erica Bennett. She's just brilliant. Visit orca-golf.com, that's O-R-C-A-golf.com, and use our promo code DSP10 for 10% off and free shipping. Do it today. Orca Golf, best choice in game. Guys, let me tell you about Bay Area Modern Medical Center. Are you experiencing low sex drive? fatigue, hot flashes, moodiness, and you just don't feel like you have the vitality you once had? You're not just getting old. It's likely low testosterone. Studies over the last 20 years show a shocking decline in younger males aged 16 to 39. Older men have seen a sharp decline as well. Do something about it. Go see my friend Christopher Lugo at Bay Area Modern Medicine. Testosterone replacement is not a frivolous treatment. It takes a professional targeted approach that focuses on total body wellness, vitality, and emotional civility. Not a one-size-fits-all approach like many clinics use. They will monitor your blood work and adjust your treatment as needed for optimal results. Call 844 844- 977-3477 or go to BAMMC.com. Hey listeners, make sure you check out the brand new Fan Stream Sports in studio text line. You can reach us during any of our live shows or 24-7 at 214-937-0569. That's 214-937-0569. Text us 24-7 day or night. And we'll reply to you and make you part of the show. Coming back at you. Now, more Fan Stream Sports. Welcome back to From the Rough right here on Fan Stream Sports. I'm Tim. That's Johnny. We are recapping the 105th PGA Championship for you and Brooks Kepka's amazing win. Uh, well, Johnny wouldn't call it amazing, but I think anytime Brooksy wins, it's, ama- it's pretty amazing. I'm, surpri- I'm surprised you didn't call yourself amazing. Well, everybody knows that. I don't have to do uh, that. Okay. All right. I, I mean, figured that. I mean, that goes without saying, right? Like, Yeah, well, that's what you thats what you say. That's true. It's true. Uh, it <laughs> is time. You must be drinking in the studio since I'm not there. It is time to go over, well, at least my picks. I don't know Johnny wants to go. I mean, Johnny had a winner, too. And I was 2-0 in matchups. But it wasn't, wasn't the winner. As, of course, my picks are for fun because I don't know what the hell I'm doing when I make picks. I'm literally throwing darts at a dartboard with names on it. But somehow, Johnny, even a broken clock is right twice a day. As I picked 
Brooks Kepka is my winner this week. Uh, and I really didn't miss too far off on my top 10 as I had Xander, who finished T18 at, at two over. So, so he made a run at he made a run on the weekend. He did. He did. He just couldn't quite get there. Boy, what the start. We were cussing. We we what started he went double start off double yeah. double. Yeah. And we text each other. I said, I said, there goes the coward again. Yep, the coward. Uh and yeah, I totally missed my my top twenty coming off of his win uh there in uh in McKinney that we were out there for. Jason Day missed the cut and I had him top I thought that was the most safest of all bets was Jason Day to make a top twenty appearance, but well, I told you, I told you out there, he didn't. He he was rested up. You know, I knew the weather was going to be bad, so playing in bad weather is just not very good. You know, he's healthier than he has been a long time in a long time, but he's not a hundred percent healthy. Yeah. Not when you go through the stuff that he's went through, he's not going to be a hundred percent healthy. And he didn't play a practice round. Yeah off of his win and you know and that's a place that you need to play a practice round there's just spots that you can't miss it in some of those greens and he was battling man and i just i just thought it was just unfavorable weather conditions for him um and then just to high off his win coming into a major championship i just didn't really like the way it was kind of setting up for him we talked about that last week but yeah. as always you just don't listen no, no not to you well, okay i mean if i listen to you i wouldn't have had brooks on my card either Okay. See where that got us? Yeah, one time a year. Thank you. Hey, I don't know if you know if it's once a year. <laughs> it yeah. be, might, might be once. What I think when I've had two winners in four years, we've been doing this show. Yeah, I yeah, think. right. Yeah. Well, I was trying to help you out. I was trying. I was trying to help you. It works. It works. Uh, Johnny's picks brought to you by Golf Central Magazine over at golfcentralmag.com. Go check out that May issue that is out now. You can check it out online for free. At golfcentralmag.com. It's not just a golf magazine, it's golf, travel, philanthropy, lifestyle, all sorts of good stuff. Make sure you go check out that cart girl of the month as well as the bachelorette of the month. Those are my two favorite pages that I got them, got them earmarked there on the hard copy, you know, just just in case. And you're still lobbying to get that bachelor. I'm telling you, it's never, it's never going to happen. I'd have to it's pay not. for it. I wonder if they pay for it. <laughs> it doesn't matter. That's what it cost me. No, not going to happen. No, you don't think so? You don't think Terry go for that? Just like the next win you're going to have on these picks is never going to happen. Do I get so a, like a centerfold if I'm the golf bachelor? You think they'd give me a like a two-page spread? Pretty sure they wouldn't sell any magazines and, after that. So Terry Terry Purda might not be real happy about me, that. Me and Burt Reynolds. Remember <laughs> that? I don't know nobody yeah. remembers that. God, we're showing yeah. our age here. I don't remember that. You're way older than I am. You're older than me, actually. No. Uh, it is time for Johnny's picks. Johnny, who's on your card? Yeah, not a not a great week is that, that we had. Um, we did make we did make a little bit of money on top of with our with our matchups. Um, despite what Tim says, I did have picks this week. It wasn't just him. They weren't the best <laughs> picks, but I did but I did have picks this week. Our first pick on the board, as we said, was uh, was Xander Shoffley. Uh, Xander Shoffley kind of got off to a rough start, just like we talked about. Couldn't really catch up, especially on that golf course. He finished t sixteen. Second pick on the board, which this guy's a mystery to me. I thought this place would be absolutely perfect for him. Cam Young missed the cut. I mean, uh, he, he got assessed a two-shot penalty, mm-hmm. but even if he did get that, he would have just barely made the cut, and, you know, he's not really catching up. I think he's driving the ball bad. The change of his caddy, uh, I thought that really helped him, but it seems to uh, it seems to be he's going, he's going in the wrong direction, so maybe they get a little bit more comfortable with each other. You'll see some better performance from him. Third pick on the board, the Volcano, Terrell Hatton. Finished uh, T15 at plus one. Really wasn't in contention at, in the golf tournament. He, he kind of caught up a little bit the last day, so it was a little bit of fool's gold in his finish. Um, I thought it was a great golf course for him. The guy just didn't drive the ball very well. And when he starts getting a little bit on tilt, you know, he, he starts to he starts to go south, and he really couldn't catch up. Our ham sandwich pick this week looked really strong, man. I really yeah. liked Lowry. Lowry. At 66 to 1, man, I really thought he'd make a move on the weekend. He sat there in kind of perfect position, kind of sat back a little bit from the leaders and really had an opportunity to make a run with a good score on the weekend, Saturday and Sunday, and sitting at a house, and he just couldn't do it. He didn't drive the ball nearly as well as I thought he would. Uh, finished kind of in the middle of the pack for uh, for the tournament in terms of driving. So uh, a little disappointing, in my opinion, Shane Lowry. I thought he'd have a great opportunity. Two top ten picks this week. 
Are my picks that bad? You have to turn the sound up so loud? It's not really that loud. Okay, well. I'll turn it down for you, though. Thank you. You know, I, I know people do want to hear sometimes what I want to hear. It's but. not as loud on the broadcast as it seems on <laughs> Two top ten picks this week. Dustin Johnson, very disappointing. He was looking really strong on Thursday and Friday. And, again, I thought I think that live effect got him, man. I really do. I think this is a real thing for these guys playing in that lax atmosphere in 54 holes. And I think I got him. He, he played awful on the weekend, finishing nine over par at T55. And Tommy Fleetwood – at plus two at T18, kind of kind of sputtered there for a while. He was starting to make a run. Played a great he played a great Saturday round to get him in that top ten spot, but he might might have just ran out of gas. Two top twenty picks this week. Keegan Bradley uh, in plus five T29. Again at the beginning of the week at, after the Thursday round, he was sitting there in great position. Great golf course for him. Played really solid. Just had a terrible last round. I don't know if it was fatigue, uh, but. Kind of kind of hurt us to to follow out of that top. I think he shot seventy seven in the last round. That uh, that jumped him out of that top twenty. So, Keegan Bradley, you're on notice. You might be <laughs> on the list next week. Might be on the list. Poor Keegan. And we did cash in with uh, with with a great opportunity with uh, Corey Connors. He finished T twelve at even par. Cashed us in for seven hundred. So uh, we yep. broke. We we we, uh, we we got closer to the board there. Um, and we did do two. We did go two and zero this week in our pit in our matchups. That gets us 48, 16, and four for the year. So combined with the Corey Connors uh, plus seven hundred and the two winners, they got us on the profit side a little bit for the year. Uh, and and last week for the tournament. So not exactly what we're looking for. We haven't had a winner this year, but we're looking just fantastic on our matchups. Well, don't say we haven't had a winner this year. Uh, you can say you haven't had a winner this year. We haven't had a winner this year, and I'm looking forward to Colonial because we've had some really good success. We've picked we picked three of the last five winners uh, at the Colonial tournament, and with the kind of a soft field uh, this week, I'm looking forward to having a good week at Colonial. And you're going to be out there, right? You're going give, to give me some give me some stats and give me some ideas. So when you send them to me, I can just cross them off so to kind of eliminate a few of the people in the field. I'll tell you who to take who to not put on the list. I'll be. Maybe out there tomorrow. I may head out there tomorrow. It just depends just on what the weather is. Just tell me who you like, and I'll cross them off. Cross and, them and off, yep. Yeah, that's perfect. I'll tell we'll, you who we'll, not to pick for sure. And we, we will be back on Wednesday, uh, same time, 5 o'clock Central Time, uh, on all of our channels on FanStream Sports and on the FanStream Sports app to uh, preview the upcoming Charles Schwab Challenge, or the Colonial, as we still re- affectionately refer to it as locally, right? I mean... Nothing Charles against Charles Schwab, but you know they paid a lot of money. Yeah, and I, I was talking to, um, I was talking to a lot of tour guys, and I feel bad for Colonial just because the golf course is so good. It's been a pillar on the PGA Tour for a long time. I know those guys like going down there, but just kind of the way that fits in the schedule mm-hmm. for those Texas guys playing AT and T, coming all the way back up here in the north, going all the way back down there in Dallas or in Fort Worth, and then coming back up here. Uh, to 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 Columbus and playing Murfield, the Memorial. I mean, this schedule is brutal for these guys, and I know a lot of guys that are going to um, that are going to skip Colonial this week just because it's not an elevated field event. And next week at the Memorial is an elevated field event, so none of these guys are going to miss Memorial, and I think that's going to hurt Colonial, and it's certainly going to hurt uh, the Canadian Open. Yep. As as the as the U.S. Open is the week after. Yeah, I don't. I mean, we, we talked about it. Just you and I kind of talked about it when we were out at uh, out of Craig Ranch covering the, the Nelson. But uh, I, I hate I hate the way they're doing. You know, the Nelson and the Colonial. They used to be back to back. We talked about and I understand why they separated it, but it, it's bad for both tournaments. I mean, it used to be such an easy spot on the on the schedule coming into Dallas, play the Nelson or Irving at the time was even closer to to Fort Worth, yeah. uh, and then you know just. 25 30 mile trip down the road to Fort Worth to play in the uh, to play in the Colonial and they don't have that luxury anymore and I think both tournaments are are suffering because of it especially with uh, participation from the players and you just outlined why it's not really their fault they're they you know it's a travel thing and I get it yeah yeah and then a little bit too to keep in perspective when they start moving changing grasses it's it doesn't really help their games either and I, I know you know for the for a lot of people they kind of get that and some the, for some of the people that don't 
when you move grasses from Bermuda to bent and change different types of grasses, you, know, you got to change some clubs and you got to change some style of plays a little bit, especially around the greens. And I know these guys don't like to do that week to week. That's why the Florida swing is successful because they're playing in Bermuda. And then before that, the California swing, they're playing for three weeks in a row. They'd rather prefer that type of schedule than, than the kind of back and forth what they're doing now. Yep. All right, well, that's going to do it for From the Rough this week right here on Fan, or for today, right here on Fan Street Sports. We, as I mentioned, we will be back on Wednesday with the preview of the Charles Schwab uh, Challenge. Challenge. I almost said Charles Schwab Classic, but I'm getting all of my you know tournaments confused here. Uh, at Colonial, and I'll be out there probably tomorrow to take a look and talk to some guys, and I'll feed you some information there, Johnny, that you'll go the exact opposite of. Uh, with some course conditions and things like that as you make your picks on Wednesday for the winners, top 10s and top 20s. And, of course, I'll have my uh, picks for that'll be wrong, of course, because I got my one win done. So they're going to be horrible the rest of the year for sure. And next year. And yeah, I, got, I got two years before I get to pick a winner again. That's right. Dang it. That's the way it rolls. All right, that's going to do it for us. We'll be back on Wednesday, as I mentioned. Until then, boys and girls, keep hitting them straight. <laughs>